0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, January 12th, and we are here answering financial questions, trying to help you make better financial decisions, better money decisions. And we are doing that by encouraging you to just get in touch with us. The easiest way to do that is hop onto our website, which I know that you've bookmarked. So just in case you're a brand new listener, bookmark jillonmoney.com because in the upper right-hand corner, there's a contact us button. When you click it, a form pops up. It'll send us an email with your financial or money question And at the bottom of that, it says, would you be willing to come on the air? If you check the box, Mark brings you on the air. But we do get your emails and we are delighted to talk to you. So, um, you know, we try to do email episodes every week just for the for the shy folks. And just one little moment here. I just said to Mark that I am in like the estate planning administration hell right now because I'm in the middle of settling two estates. I can't even tell you enough how important it is to please not just make sure you have your documents, but make sure that your loved ones know where important things are, because that can also be very tiresome to chase down as the person who's the executor or trustee. So please, please, please keep good records. Make sure that everyone knows where they are. Okay, that is my public service announcement for the day. This question is from. Kathleen, here's the um, the subject. Will I run out of money in retirement? Here's the information. I'm 67 and single, no children. I retired back in 2016. I waited until my full retirement age to collect Social Security. It's currently $33.85 a month. My pension is $11.48 a month, and the pension's not adjusted for inflation. After taxes and Medicare deductions, I net... per month or just under 47 grand a year, but I need $55,000 a year. I've been using my liquid savings to make up the difference. I have $80,000 liquid that I will use to get me to when I turn the annuity on and $100,000 in a brokerage account. I own my home outright worth approximately $400,000. Oh, I see. Okay, so she purchased a fixed annuity, a fixed index annuity in 2012 from three hundred thousand dollars. The source of that was an IRA. She is going to annuitize it in 2027. What are we in 23? So we've got four more years. It's going to generate sixty-one grand a year before taxes with a healthcare rider. Okay, great. So in four years, income is going to be thirteen thousand dollars from pension, 40 grand for social security, 61 from the annuity. I'm in the 24% tax bracket. I'm assuming my net will be around 90,000. Only social security is adjusted for inflation. My plan is to let the hundred thousand in the brokerage account grow, not touch it for many years and only dip into it when the $90,000 a year is getting tight due to inflation. What do you think of my plan? I am from New York city and moved to Florida 15 years ago all estate documents are complete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, if you're feeling tight, I'm not sure I'd use up my, any of my liquidity. I think that what I might do is tap into that annuity. I bet you can take 10% of that annuity out right now. Cause I think there's a withdrawal amount that you're allowed to take out. And I might do that before I started soaking up my Liquid assets, the eighty thousand liquid, and then the hundred grand in the brokerage account. That's the only change I would make to the plan. That's what I would tap between now and the next four years. I wish that you hadn't bought a fixed index annuity way back when. You have it, so I'm not going to worry about it now. But for anyone who's thinking about the the general, um, you know, sort of game plan on what do you do with a rollover account, and someone's pitching you an annuity, could you please let us know? Pretty please. Okay. Dorothy says, here's her message. Hello, I love your show. I've learned so much. Oh, thank you. This is advice for a young man just starting out with a healthy, undiversified brokerage account. This is Dorothy's son. He's 24, he's single, and he has a uh, new job that he just started. Uh, Because he chose to attend a state university, he's got $90,000 in a brokerage account. It was money his grandparents had set aside for his education. Holy smokes, it grew over 20 plus years. He did not need to access it because we had saved enough. Lucky guy, she says. We're hoping he uses the windfall to buy a home in a few years, but it is his money, his decision. He is asking for guidance. My primary goal is to help him establish good financial habits as he launches his career, to be able to live within his budget and to define and meet short and long-term savings goals independently. Obviously, it's a learning process. We're just trying to get him off to a good start. All the shares in this account are in, wait for it, Mark, one company. <coughs> oh, my gosh. There will be big capital gains when he sells. The basis is a fraction of the current value. Knowing this, does it still make sense to let it sit? Should he sell a certain amount each year to diversify his holdings, spread out the capital gains? My concern? with actively using these funds is that he won't establish good habits because it's such a big cushion. So, okay. He makes a hundred grand a year. His employer is privately owned. They don't have retirement plan or a 401k. They subsidize his health insurance and he's got 16 grand in a checking account, monthly expenses, four to five grand. He'll probably have to buy a car in the next two to three years. I'm assuming he should set up a Roth IRA. Yes. And an HSA Fidelity. Yes. Uh, Should he also set up a traditional IRA? No, he should not. He should only do the Roth. Does it make sense for him to earmark 90 grand for emergency funds and not have a separate cash holding? Well, here's what I would do. If you want to engender good habits, the first habit and the first thing you should be telling him is you have this big chunk of money. It's been set aside and we need to diversify it because it is insane to have it all in one stock. That's number one. And I think what you should do is you should encourage him to just take the gain right now. And he's got a income of 100000 which means that as a single person, he would be subject to a 15% capital gains rate. Have him just do that as a single filer. He's under the threshold for the Medicare surtax. So, I would say the first thing we should do is tell him about the account. The second thing we should do is have him sell this money. And with the proceeds, what I would do is I would have his six-month emergency reserve fund that's funded from that. And anything else in the balance is low-cost index fund. Boom. That's it. Done. That's the best habit that you're going to be able to put in place for him, which is don't put all your eggs in that one basket. Uh, All right. Dylan subject, finance and grad school. You ready for my answer already, Mark? I don't have to read it. Should I I just give you my answer? Don't go. Right, exactly. Um, Okay, Dylan, let's see. Oh, even for this, even more so. I'm returning to school to pursue an MBA next fall. Okay, I'm just going (laughs) to... See, I had to breathe for a second before I went on some sort of rant. Dylan, do you really need to go to get an MBA? What is the reason you're getting an MBA? That's number one. Number two, You know, this is like a whole chapter in my new book. Can I just give you a little preview of this, Mark? You're going to love this part of it because there is a chapter that is called Educate Yourself, okay? Basically, when you're thinking about whether or not you should rush back to go to school, think critically about whether more education really makes sense for you. Now I'm reading directly from my own book. I'm, I'm quoting myself. Perform a three-part analysis, identify what you hope to gain from more schooling, how you might pay for it, and whether any less costly options exist for reaching your career goals. That is what I'm going to ask you to do first, Dylan, because the degrees, tuition, and fees are $36,000, you ready for this, per semester. That's a nice way of saving, saying 72 grand each year for two years. 37 years old, I have enough cash and savings to cover the cost. First and foremost, please run through a rigorous analysis to be able to determine whether or not you should actually even do this because maybe you don't need to. Um, And by the way, if you have 150 grand sitting in cash and you can cover that cost, wouldn't it be great to see what that $150,000 could do for you going forward? Okay. So the real question is if we say, all right, Dylan's going to co- to, M- to get the MBA. The question is, should I set the four payments aside in CDs or I bonds collect the interest at a higher rate during the next 6, 12, 18 months? Yeah, just do CDs. Do the CDs and you have them come due at the uh, different time horizons when you know you're going to need the money for tuition, which I hope you don't spend in the first place. Okay. Here's a question, which is from Julie. What are your thoughts of an attorney drawn up will in one state being valid in another? Oh, let me just be clear. Whatever you have in terms of what's been drafted in one state, it's valid, but you should have a attorney in the new state of domicile to review it. So this is a 1997 will in New Jersey. In 2012, a move to Arizona. There's no plans to get married. The ex-husband died. Uh, and he's divorced. There's all this stuff. Okay. You know what? Go to a new estate attorney in Arizona. That's what you're going to do because you're an Arizona resident. That's what you should do. Done. Boom. Uh, this is from Debbie. Finding the right financial planner. I think my biggest concern is finding a person that I trust with our finances. How do I pick the right financial planner? Mark, how do you, do we have, how are our, do we have our questions up on the website? It's a tough one. And I'll tell you, I'm watching this Madoff documentary. So its it, I get it. It's very tough. Here's the deal. We want you to ask the series of questions that are on our website, the questions to ask before you hire a financial planner advisor. Well, why don't you get on the on the horn with us? Why don't we find out what's going on in your life and see if we can help you out? Wouldn't that be nice? Because that, to me, would be one of those things where we like, let's talk it through. Let's see if you need one. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. But we can help you. Um, you know, I always like a fiduciary, someone who has to put your best interest first. I want you to work with a certified financial planner, but that doesn't even guarantee anything. So I just want to, I would love to hear more about what's going on for you. It's tough. It's tough to find people you trust. I get that. Okay. Well, that's it. That is the program. Also in my book, I have a, conver- a little quick conversation about uh, who do you trust in terms of like information that's widely available, you know, YouTube, TikTok, etc. So, okay, that's it. That is the program. So we'd love to hear from you. Just go to jillonmoney.com. And what do you do? You click the contact us button. While you're on the website, please do pre-order the new book, The Great Money Reset. And you can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's free. It comes out every Friday. Mark does a great job with that. Okay, very good. Please, if you uh, wouldn't mind, after you do that hard work of signing up for the free weekly newsletter and pre-ordering the new book, The Great Money Reset, Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple. We would very much appreciate that. Lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.